everyone, again, and welcome to the Red Dwarf intro cast, where we talk about Red Dwarf episode by episode. Newbies and longtime fans journey together into the darkness and depths of space and whatnot on the mining ship Red Dwarf. Uh, my name is Heath. I'm Angela. I'm Paul. And our special guest this week. Another Paul. I'm Paul as well. Paul the second. <laughs> Hello, Paul the second. Hello. Hello, South Paul. Um... <laughs> So as we have said, uh, as we said last week, which uh, that episode will be out soon, um, Shane is not with us this week. He has uh, a spot on another podcast, and I guess he likes them better than us. <laughs> I know, Aww. right? Traitor. It's all right. We're better than him, so it's all good. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Addition by subtraction. There you go. Shane is no. being so Sean today. <laughs> Uh, but Shane will be missed, but he'll he'll uh, hopefully be back next week. If he doesn't uh, give the plug on that Intro to X podcast, I will be very angry. <laughs> oh, I'm sure he will. He'll like work it into every conversation. You know, the one thing about X-Files is um, it's so much better when you listen to the Red Dwarf intro cast. <laughs> It'll be awesome. Um, anyway, so let's see. Uh, this week we are talking about Season 4, Episode 2, DNA. And since Shane is not here, Paul, would you like to read the episode synopsis? Not really, but I guess I have to. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, the Red Dwarf crew investigates an alien spaceship that is drifting in deep space, where they, where they discover a DNA modifier. A genetic altering machine that alters all organic life. But all how it breaks loose when Lister turn, gets turned into a chicken and then a hamster. Crime becomes a human male and they create a curry monster from Lister's curry. As you do. Okay, so the big question is, was that thing an alien spacecraft? No. Oh. <laughs> no, because it oh. said Sorry it was to ruin human. it. Um, hi, I'm here just to ruin your dreams. Um, <laughs> Aww. No, I think that's okay. Backwards still sucks. <laughs> we have, we've had this debate before the podcast that uh, I was trying to get her to re-evaluate her opinion on the on backwards since it's been an, a season since then, but uh, that didn't work. But yeah, it was. I think yeah, the, awesome. uh, there was a line in there saying it was um, a, a very advanced human. I think the thing with Red Dwarf is it's you know it's three million years out from space. It's now turned around. So they're meeting three million years worth of evolution, and that ship was a highly advanced human uh, ship with genetic altering capabilities. But it, it, the guy was human. Everyone who's been in altered was human, and it makes people human by the look of it. So I think it was just a, a va- definitely a human human ship. Well, it made people human, but then it had done a scan on it scanned them first, so maybe it got mm. all the human information and knowledge yeah. from them. <laughs> But anyway, before you ruin the show for us, uh, let's get to know you, our special guest this week. Um, Paul, who are you? Where are you from? And what is sort of your history with R- Red Dwarf? Hello. Uh, um, not I'm you. I'm from York. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm a host on oh, this dear. show. Um, that's not going to get... Oh, that joke, you were talking about our guest. That joke will okay, not get old. Sorry. I don't think you know it's going to be complete that double take. We're going to do that a few times, I think. I'm deliberately going to try and answer all your questions, and you do mine. Um, yeah, hi, I am the other Paul, um, and I'm from a Formula One podcast called the uh, F1 in Pubs cast, which where we just we all group gather around uh, Formula One broadcasts. If you're a Formula One fan, you can know it can be a lonely existence just watching it at home with your Twitter. So you can just go to f1inpubs.co.uk, find somewhere uh, that's showing the race in your city and meet some new friends. And I just try and podcast the sort of 
amazing experience we have while watching the race. But if you're not a Formula One fan, I'm probably boring you, so I'll just talk about Red Dwarf. Uh, <laughs> what I'm here to do. I love. Oh, I'll be honest. I love Formula. Oh well, we'll have a long talk after the podcast then. <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, I've I've grown up with Red Dwarf. I mean, not literally. I had a house, but. Um, yeah, I, I think I was, I think it was series six or season six to translate. Um, when I was in primary school, so when I was like year eight, nine, I think I've had debates with people on the, um, on the Facebook group saying, you know, you were watching Red Dwarf at that age, but I just remembered that I was too. Uh, so I went to series six was broadcast. I think I was about nine, eight, nine, something like that. Uh, watched that. And then after that, the BBC very kindly, uh, did a, I think it's quite well known in Red Dwarf circles now, a very long and extended repeat run where they showed every episode from series one to that point, series six again. Um, not in order, which was the annoying thing. So I think in my head that uh. the order is different to what you're experiencing and what Red Dwarf fans experience and the DVDs experience. But, uh, yeah, so that, that's my experience. Every Friday night, nine o'clock was Red Dwarf night for about a year. So that was a great upbringing cool. for me. And then obviously it's been a, and I met, I met my girlfriend, uh, kind of by bonding over Red Dwarf as well. Cause I had a, I had Aww. a, I had some merchandise. Aww. I nearly spoiled then. I came so close to saying spoiler. Sorry, but I had some merchandise <laughs> that, uh, I can't mention, sure. but, um, I had a, I had some merchandise that she was very jealous of and that let us keep talking. So hopefully she'll be listening. So hi, but I'm not going to do that cheesy shout out thing. Been long enough now. Someone else talk. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, Awesome. So, yeah. So, the, okay. So, a lot of people then saw Red Dwarf out of order initially. Um, not initially. Uh, it was there was a long repeat when I say after series six. So it was the mid nineties. So it's been around almost ten years at that point. But yeah, they repeated it, and I've got a, still a few episodes in my head, including um, yeah, I can say this time slides. Trying to work out spoilers, mm-hmm. and that I missed because I was on holiday, so I didn't see that for years until years later. But um, yeah. So there's lots and uh, lots of stuff like that. Yeah, that I, I've grown up with Red Dwarf in a slightly weird order, but you kind of get used to it once the videos and then the DVDs were coming out. So yeah. Well, thankfully, it doesn't okay. seem like this is a show that the continuity is all that important. <laughs> Are you saying that through gritted teeth? <laughs> in <laughs> ways, I mean, in some ways, but then I don't know. Yeah. I do think I do think that I guess maybe part of our sort of different takes on some episodes are coming not just from the fact that you know we're seeing it probably at a bit of a later age than some people yeah. or from uh, you know an across the pond perspective but just because we're watching it sequentially and trying yeah. to make a uh, a plot where there might not have actually been anything <laughs> intended yeah but is that cat going to start anyway. murdering people but um exactly uh, probably the important exactly. point to point out was that nine o'clock uh, slot was a comedy slot. It was like three comedy shows, nine, half nine, and ten. So it wasn't in any way sci-fi based or anything like that. So that's sort of that's my perspective on Red Dwarf. It's a comedy first yeah. and everything else second. That's probably where the huge arguments will begin later in this podcast. <laughs> oh yes, <laughs> probably. But you can blend them both really well, like Futurama. Yes, that's true. Yep. So, so this episode then, um, it was kind of neat. I get the feeling that it's a fan favorite, or at least a Paul York favorite. <laughs> I, I, I love this. For, for me, the comedy in this episode is just amazing. I, I can't say enough about it. So much so that I can't even speak about it at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> God, he just wouldn't start up about it. Uh, but yeah. So, yeah, okay. Weird ship. Oh, I'm sorry, love, what were you saying? Yeah, I, I tried to find ways to describe 
the weird ship and found rather rude words to say about <laughs> it. Um, I think now um, I will call it a space top, perhaps a space dreidel. Jewish aliens. Yes, they, they developed genetic mutation technology. <laughs> Makes sense. Just fine. <laughs> and then, yeah, the first thing that I had written was actual alien question mark. <laughs> and then, yeah, they never really completely explained it, did they? But are you disappointed to realize it's not alien? Well, I mean, not necessarily. I'm just not sure that... So, I mean, that's that's absolutely definitive then among fans. It's... Or is there still a debate about it? The, no, it's not alien. <laughs> oh, <That's> just, <laughs> sorry to ruin uh, it. But. No, it's it's been kind of neat that yeah, it's, it's a sci-fi space show, well, a comedy show that uses a sci-fi space theme, uh, but a sci-fi show without um, without aliens. Yeah, it's, it's always nice. I think you find that you know they try and make a human creation on every, everything you see you've seen in red dwarf and uh, the polymorph you could have argued it was an alien's hang on it's shape-shifting and that but obviously they they pointed out it was genetically engineered and all that so i think you i think you've seen is a human creation and sort of result of human messing around but uh, yeah well for a show that uh, only, you know, slightly has a sci-fi premise. This was a really sci-fi episode. Hmm. Like, really it sci-fi. Was, yeah. They're dealing with genetic mutations. They begin by feverishly clacking on computers <laughs> and getting readouts of the ship. Yeah. And- yeah, all the crazy noise there, yeah. Oh, that was great. And- I just love how... They were very intent on clacking on computers. <laughs> and I'm like, what are you doing? And still <laughs> still same electricity power, three pin plugs or yeah, you didn't really yes. <laughs> Which is hilarious. Although everyone knows that, you know, when you're um in a spaceship and there's a weird ship coming up to you, then while you're busily yelling and clacking things that you have to have a a red red alert klaxon. Yeah. <laughs> because that's what you need in any emergency situation is that it's good that, going it's good that Holly fixed that after it failed last time <laughs> Awooga. Awooga. <laughs> yeah I, like, I just like the fact that Cat can take all, all that room with his beauty aids in the main with the, I'm assuming that's the bridge oh they said the scanning room didn't they There's plenty of sockets in the scanning room Cat but yeah he can take up all that in the I mean makes me wonder that if he's got so many beauty aids in that room that every plug socket on the whole five mile ship has a cat beauty aid in it. Because <laughs> it yeah, has the to be like a submarine. Yeah. You never know how much hot, wet. And cycly, yeah, and cycly leg strip, yeah. yeah, whatever it was. You're going to need. <laughs> I just imagine that like, everywhere he goes, he's like within about, you know, 30 seconds of a, some sort of preening, which makes sense if he's a cat, but. <laughs> it does. Should a cat be worried yes, that much does. about body hair? Well, true. I mean, mm. it's a cat. It's a human well, cat. Should, well, should humans be worried about body hair? We're humans. Yes. <laughs> how, are we gonna, some it grows, and yet, this, for some reason, we see the need to remove it. How long is this going to so. go on for? Is dogs, should dogs be worried about body hair? They're dogs. <laughs> she My grew, point she was in right, contrast. They get a haircut every so often. Yeah. True. And a jumper. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so let's see. We have the hair dryer. They get, they get the haircut, and then they get a jumper made from their own hair. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> wow. 
It's not much use. I don't know why we're talking about sheep. I just I want. I'm, I've got a jumper made out of my own beard trimmings. Really? No. Oh, good. <laughs> I'm glad to know that. that was why did I say that? Oh, oh, sorry. Yeah. What? Triple egg and chutney sandwich. Awesome. Have you had one? <gasps> you tried it. Wait, what? What? Yeah. When? What sort of chutney did you go with? I went with the apple chutney. Awesome. Apple chutney. And to be fair, I was quite drunk at the time. <laughs> But not on beer For- milkshakes. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> okay. Wow. But they are quite nice. And for those who want to download a recipe, a recipe available on the Facebook group. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Did you take a picture yeah, of it? Yeah, Heath tried kippers. No. Oh. I was too drunk. I was like, Wee. Heath tried yeah, kippers. No, I'm think. not trying kippers. Oh, no. Like fish. Oh, not kippers. Well, I tried them because I, I, you know, you keep hearing about the and appar- apparently, you know, there's there's fresh kippers there. You really in where we are at least, you can't get fresh kippers. It's just sort of canned smoked herring, <laughs> um, which seems like more Norwegian than anything. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, Is this a section where we just go back over the food we've had? <laughs> Red dwarf related yes. food left a night out. Oh yeah, no, it's uh, yeah, yeah. We we talked about that with Shane uh, uh, previously. But, after uh, a night out, I um, ate my food backwards. Would you believe? Oh, cool. <laughs> I almost did that with the... Um... If you have enough alcohol, you eat all of your food backwards. <laughs> oh, anyway, we don't... Right, oh, Red Dwarf. Red dwarf. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, really cool-looking ship. They're they're doing good with the alien ships lately. Mm. Or I the like non-alien that. ships. I mean, on, on the inside, I mean, not, oh, yeah, mm. yeah, not alien ship, but yeah, the inside <laughs> of the ship. It looked really neat. Yeah. Um... I was excited the... that we were going to be having what seemed to be a cat-centric episode, and then it went straight to Crichton. <laughs> like we've been, oh, yeah. <laughs> we've been it? complaining about no Crichton, and, then, and now it's all Crichton all the time. You've had three in a row now. Yeah, be careful what you wish for. <laughs> yeah. Hey, although to be fair, once you've got an android on the show, they do tend to take over all of the plots eventually. <laughs> True. <laughs> Looking at you, Brent Spiner. Looking at you. <laughs> Although to be fair, I, I really am enjoying um, uh, Robert Lund's, uh performance. I think he's he's sort of he's, he's mellowed out the the weird accent a little mm. bit. It's a little less artificial, I think, and and he's ma- managing to get some intonations uh, and actual you know like emotion into the same weird voice that he's been doing, and mm. it's it's working for me a lot more than uh, than it did early on. Also, that the writers had a year. To work out his performance, as you say, and, and yeah. all that, and then they started writing for him, and knowing not just the generic Crichton, or they're writing for the last, the first Crichton, they're writing for his Crichton, and how he, they know how he says things, so they're sort of playing to their strengths and sort of, yeah, getting the the right Crichton's lines. So if, last year, if he was doing a David Ross impression, this year can fully be the the Robert Llewellyn Crichton. Definitely. Oh, Crichton! There's nothing <laughs> Robert Llewellyn. <laughs> no, he's got a Crichton. trademark. <laughs> Yeah. Now, seriously, if they could use some of the same skills for Crichton as they do for Holly, I would be happy. Yeah. Seriously, man, there was a whole scene where Holly was on the screen and never said a word. Yeah. Um, never said a word. I'm like, what are you doing, Holly? Yeah. 
If you watch, be a part of the show. If you watch <laughs> Holly, out. she's she's reduced sort of background acting in a few episodes. She is. She's just sort of reacting to sad. people and pulling faces. That's kind of her. I've listened. To, I've just listened to the commentary just before we did this, and she just said on the commentary, you know, she's always, even if she didn't have lines, she's always reacting to the lines. So it's always worth keeping an eye on Holly for some funny faces, at least. Because yeah, that's I, all I she's think... allowed to do. <laughs> I do think that they could they could use her a little bit better. Yeah, but, I think uh, it's a bit laziness to say that just because Crichton was here, they didn't they suddenly didn't know what to do with Holly exposition wise. You know, yeah, Crichton takes all the boring, non funny lines, so he explains about the DNA or whatever. But it's a shame that they they decided that they couldn't do anything with Holly when, um, well, yeah. you know, it's just they, Holly could still have lots of funny stuff about the ship. She's still in charge of the ship, yeah. and she could do have funny yeah. stuff about anything going on on Red Dwarf and, and systems failing or whatever, and, and still lots to be mined, in my opinion, anyway. But the writers, I don't know. They just seem to say, well, Crichton's here now. We'll just give him all the lines. Even Crichton has, uh, a, you know, his display chest, his display monitor in his, in mm-hmm. his chest. Mm-hmm. She could be on that when he wanders around as well. But that's kind of the reason he had that oh. display screen, I think. I'm not actually sure on that. But... I think she was on it in backwards or marooned, wasn't she? You know, I am not certain that we have seen that. I think she was in mar- backwards. Okay. And maybe marooned when she's talking about the um, black holes at the end. But maybe. apart from that, I can't really remember it either, no. I've definitely seen Holly on a uh, wristwatch that Lister mm. wore. Mm-hmm. But, uh, maybe it's just a, a, an, but yeah, I, I, I sort of miss Holly's way of exposition, that it would be that sort of the... Just the humor that it, it brings, you know. Well, the thing about DNA is... Yeah. <laughs> I could have seen... Um, she got a few lines at the end, didn't she? Like a mistake any half-witted deranged computer could have made. But yes. mainly she was resorted she to... She did. Mime, I was happy, finally. Just miming someone else's lines at the end. So they get to... Um, well, they split up, and I think it's funny that uh, Rimmer's description of Cat sounds awfully like a description of Rimmer. <laughs> True. Cowardly and <laughs> self-obsessed. And, <laughs> um, but they split up and they find the alien thingamahoo, or the, I, I, you know, I'm going to keep saying alien, even though I'll, I'll grant, okay, it's not alien, but alien to them yeah. as far as strange or yes. foreign. So, okay. Because they um, mutated. Or and mutant. they find it. And, yeah. There we go. There we go. Uh, and so I really think that the, the lovely pink colored beam was a nice touch. Mm-hmm. If you're going to have a transmagrification ray, <laughs> it needs to be a nice color. And it's one with the cat, yeah, with the cat in the room. It's not going to be the brightest thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, don't ever ever let cat anywhere near a computer. No, no, but I loved cat's insistence on no. I can fix this. I can fix this. I'll just press more buttons. That'll work. <laughs> That was my grandfather's uh, method of, of fixing the VCR, the TV. <laughs> mash, mash some of them buttons. they got to be there for something. What I found funny uh, about the whole thing, though, is like he's mashing these buttons when Lister's in the in the um, force field or whatever it is. He's going, oh, I can do it, I can do it. And then it turns... That was an awful then... cat, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I've got an accent. Your, your cat is every bit as good as my. I've lister. got an accent oh, no. question later. Actually, <laughs> when we get down to quotes, I want I want to see uh, I want to see Heath do some accents. Oh, <laughs> I've I've quit trying to do. Lister. Can you do spare heads? <laughs> Maybe I, you know I'm you're pretty good at, good at the Crichton. Yeah, um, but the, the the you know spare head three. 
Oh, Sparehead 3. Oh, goodness. Oh, oh he was, was awesome. He reminded me of... Uh, okay. I was skipping ahead, so on, I just wanted sh- to hear you do a bad yeah, northern accent. Yeah, completely... Come back. Completely okay. interrupted Paul. I apologize. I'm sorry. <laughs> Paul, please continue. Oh, no, it's just... <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, Paul. Are you... I've got Sparehead 3 in my head now. <laughs> if you want to do the rest no, of the podcast a... like that, it'd be amazing. Um... Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. He's, he's he's tapping on the buttons. He's trying to get the um the the right order what he did, and then he obviously messes up and turns Lister into a chicken and then a, and then a mouse, mm. a hamster. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, he he presses the exact same wrong num wrong buttons <laughs> that turns Crichton into a human. We Yeah. I really had to SOD on the operation of the machine. <laughs> they didn't really explain exactly how that was fixed or how they figured out how to work it or anything. So I just sort of, you know, said, okay, it's 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 a show. <laughs> Think to yourself, it's just a show. You should really just relax. <laughs> um, oh, Sparehead 3. Yeah, okay. <laughs> hey, remind, have, you, have you ever seen, uh, I'm sure you have, uh, um, Shaun of the Dead? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the scene where wait a minute, not Shaun of the Dead. I'm sorry, Hot yeah. Fuzz. Yeah, Hot Fuzz. Yeah, the scene where they go and uh, the fellow that plays uh, Filch on the Harry Potter films yeah. plays just sort of a guy that has a lot of guns stockpiled. Someone trans- who's uh, that? that he's I, know, I probably know and the they actor. They have to translate him like twice. <laughs> Is that Bill Bailey? I can't. Paul, you'll have to help me. He's, I've not seen Harry Potter. Who's the one? It's not Bill Bailey. Filch is a different guy. Oh, okay. Is I didn't realize he was in Hot Fuzz actually until. He's mentioned it. Yeah, he he like uh, they go and because he has a gun and you know they come, go to ask him if he has a permit for it and then he's like been he's found like oh, landmines yeah. and all yeah, sorts of crazy yeah. guns and weapons and he's been stockpiling them. Uh, he is portrayed by. Oh, you're finding find me a picture. <laughs> David Bradley. David Bradley. <laughs> okay. David Bradley. That didn't help. Sorry. That guy. <laughs> I've seen Hot Fuzz. I know what you mean though. I sort of hope it would be Timothy <laughs> Dalton or someone I've actually heard of. Oh, no. Oh, no, I would have remembered Timothy Dalton. Yeah. yeah. He spits a lot from what I know. He's he? in Doctor Who. Never mind. I'm not seeing... I'm, you know I'm getting worried you've got Doctor Who spoilers, but never mind, carry on. Head, I like Doctor spare head, so much. Sparehead number three looks like he just, he just come up... He just reminds me of the... Um, an old fella sitting in Rogue Return. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or... Heathen and like, the Rover's Return is um, a pub in a British uh, soap opera called Coronation Street. Also starring Craig Charles. Yes. Yeah. Hmm. So, Red, anyway. Red Dwarf. Yeah. <laughs> there was a small connection there. We could have got we are... Yeah, there we go. There we go. We get points for that. I'm getting so off track today. I'm, I'm still a bit brain tired from school stuff. <laughs> Probably my fault. Um, oh, no, no, no. Not at all. So let's see. Yeah, Lister's a chicken. Um, then a hamster. He's then a, a chicken, hamster. I tell you, a giant, <laughs> a giant chicken. chicken. Also, looks a lot like Crichton when he's walking over to his just before he, he gets um in the transformification, whatever it is. It looks like he just walks over and completely steps on the hamster. <laughs> he did. He did. I kept when he was walking and pacing. I was like, don't, yeah. don't, don't step on Lister. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. He's right he there with your giant robot feet. <laughs> no. So we learn, I don't know that we knew this before, that Crichton has an or- a partially organic brain. Mm. We do. So, 
So he is not, in fact... Well, I guess he would still be an android, but would he become a cyborg if he is biomechanical? Or would it have to be adapted from a human to be classified as cyborg? It would have to be adapted from a human, I would think. But, I mean, cybernetic organism. Hmm. I mean, it's still... There's organic in there, so I don't, I don't know. I'm sure there's probably, like, a, a crazy debate that you could mm. find from from red dwarf fans <laughs> from years back that have settled whether Crichton is cyborg or android mm. uh, not me i kind of glossed over it i kind of think it's just kind of just because the plot suited it but but then if he has spare heads and oh. they all have a different organic brain then is he really right. different people uh, does he just <gasps> does he just um, upload his data to because if he swaps head every, heads every month I'm assuming he doesn't use head three anymore <laughs> then if he swaps heads every month hilarious. does he just like up, upload the memory so that head knows what's going on and can and nobody will notice uh, or Rob Grant was right was that an end joke Rob Grant was right they shouldn't have brought I on really a robot I want to say something but I can't because Oh, okay. So, so this is maybe something that's going to be explored further. Possibly. Possibly. Okay. I still think it would All be right. a fun week if Sparehead Three got. The- <laughs> <laughs> you know, now that you've said that, that's probably exactly what's oh, going have to you, happen. Have you not heard? He's got his own spin-off show now. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, of course. Who's that android? He's so grumpy. It's Sparehead Three. Sparehead Three and Holly show. All the heads. <laughs> Except Holly still doesn't say anything. He told him his faces while Sparehead 3 grumps to himself. <laughs> and her hair just keeps getting longer and longer. Nah. We were doing good to understand Sparehead 3. I cannot do it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, so yeah, Crichton, partially organic, which sort of calls a lot of things into question. Um, especially if he ages. Oh my. Huh. I, I think it's just slight organic material that's being made. Like, you know, well, you know cell. they are working on that for computers. Mm-hmm. That, scary. Yeah. That computer memory, that having a slight organic component might be... Anyway. <laughs> Little did they know that <laughs> the machine uprising was just around the corner. So, so where are we? Uh, Crichton is human? Is Crichton human yet? Crichton, yes, Crichton does in fact regenerate. Uh-huh. So we were, we were <laughs> into the same actor. Yes. <laughs> he didn't have to put makeup on that day. <laughs> he regenerates, suddenly he's Matt Smith. <laughs> <laughs> we're very and confused. everyone is disappointed. <laughs> for two Nipple seasons. bolts are cool. <laughs> um... <clears throat> Since when though he's he says that uh that he's human now it's it's uh his his dream I didn't really get the impression that it had been Crichton's dream to be a real boy I thought that was a data thing well, he wanted a garden He did Yeah So he couldn't have a garden as a android Crichton is Pinocchio mm-hmm. Except his nose is growing life I don't know maybe his dream is now? To find a way to fit in. And he feels like he can fit in if he's um, human. Maybe. I mean, certainly the way that he certainly starts uh, insulting uh, artificials is, is <laughs> indicative that he doesn't have very high self-esteem. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, he didn't just learn what self-esteem was, probably. 
Yeah, can true. we talk about um, what nipples do? Nah. Okay. Can we talk about what shirt tails are for? <laughs> sure. <laughs> I don't think I know. Yes. His nipples are useless. No, yeah, seriously, go ahead, Paul. I was just messing with you. No, I was hoping to make a discussion of um, Crichton's um, new body and how he's challenged. Hmm. <laughs> It. Sounds like to me when I heard that I thought his old body was better. <laughs> his nipples pick up radio and and they can change his body temperature. That'd be amazing. Mhm. <laughs> well, that I was listeners to Jazz FM. Yeah, well, Jazz FM. <laughs> I don't know if that's still. But he even listens to Glenn Miller. Oh yeah. No, no, he listens to Perry Como. <laughs> <laughs> See, I thought he listened hey. to rock music. That's what he was doing. What when is he was with Rimmer pictures. talking down about? Glenn Miller. Glenn Miller is awesome. <laughs> I only know that one song. I'm guessing Rimmer's the same. He only knows that one song and thinks that's all he does. True. Plus, he was played by Jimmy Stewart, and that just makes him more awesome. <laughs> I don't really know the mystery. Did he? Was he one of those ones that flew off by the Bermuda Triangle or something? And uh, not Bermuda Triangle, but yeah, he was. He took off, and it was heavy fog and storm, and um, apparently went down over the ocean. I don't think that they ever found any sign of where, but yeah, he was. Yeah, so it's like yeah, po- possibly shot down. More likely, just disappeared to it space. Was, it was bad weather to be. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, all these mysteries about planes that never come back. Yeah, they they crashed. Sorry. Oh. Yeah, and the ocean is a big thing. Mm. Yeah. So he, Glenn Miller was abducted by that ship, or was it? Amelia Earhart was abducted by somewhere that ended up in Voyager. <laughs> every, yes. A, every mystery. Yes. <laughs> every time there's a mystery, there's a, always a sci-fi show around to profit from it. Yeah. Anyway, we're dwarf. <laughs> yeah. yeah okay. That was a good gag. But yes, Can, can we talk about how, how um, Lister did well to um, not corpse during that, the whole scene? Because I thought he came very close to actually just laughing. I think Lister is supposed to laugh as well in the scene, so I think he can get away with it. The look on his face when he says, I want to talk about something. (laughs) What about you, that way? That is a classic scene. I want to talk to you about my penis. (laughs) And then the look on Lister's face is just amazing. (laughs) I have that in my notes, yeah. It's like the look on Craig Charles' face after he says, yeah. I seriously think that he actually couldn't get through the scene without corpsing, and so they <laughs> put that into the script. <laughs> well, funnily enough, you know... To make it work. Red Dwarf it makes a big deal of its outtakes. You know, it's sold whole, sold whole videos of, of Smeg Ups, as I said, but uh, that scene doesn't turn up in the uh, in the fan lexicon of uh, corpsing, funny enough. So they must have got through it quite quickly. Well, oh. Fine. So you were wrong. <laughs> Fine. I'm wrong, I, everyone. I told you, I'm only here to ruin people's day. Have a guy here as a guest. All he does is just crush your hopes and dreams. Backwards rule. I know. Firefly's good too, Paul. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Awesome. Okay, you get I don't think you heard it. I won't get away with it. <laughs> I, I heard it. I heard it. I'm, I'm, You're not I'm allowed just, to mention it. I, I'm, he's, I've had enough of... You said you wouldn't mention it, I remember. In po- I'm, I'm also quite <laughs> anal about this podcast. Well. In, in podcast four, episode six, um, you said you wouldn't mention Firefly. Hey, well, in... I only mentioned no, it because but... you were going on about it. So you goaded me to mentioning <laughs> it. Yeah. I'm also here to ruin your yeah. day. 
But hey, you know what? He 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 watched a few episodes. Not his thing. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Movie anyway, but well. um, <laughs> at least he gave it a shot. I respect that. So I'm yeah. I'm I'm not uh, talking about Firefly much these days either. You know, <laughs> on this podcast, I had to go cancel. Um, let's see. We get some. Oh yeah, Rimmer uh, is uh, trying to capitalize on the whole um, DNA situation here by cloning his own body out of a spare bit of dandruff. Mm. Character continuity. Just the fact that dandruff can last after three <laughs> million years. Well, remember, they have amazing... Um, uh, I'm trying to think of the word. I'm Tupperware. a bit burned out, too. Yes, Tupperware. Tupperware. It'd be better yeah. if they said his remains were some of that, that big pile of powder from the first episode or something, but... Or did they... Sh- yeah, but who's to say it, it's not someone else's remains? Because mm. dandruff looks like white powder. True, but um, I know that Holly was identifying the different piles of dust as as Lister yeah. went by them. Yeah. So, but who's to say that? Because um, Holly and Rimmer aren't that big buddies, are, are they? So, well, oh, yes, Rimmer relies on Holly, but okay. <laughs> yeah, but she she could say, "Oh, well, that that that's your dandruff." Yeah, yeah. Yeah, when, just just reality, for a laugh, he ends up <laughs> ends up cloning a Kachansky body and has <laughs> to use that. Yeah. <laughs> Which would be very confusing for Lister. <laughs> it would. Actually, thinking about it, now quite another human body, and and just, you made me think of body swap there. I'm glad they didn't do any any of the gl- mm-hmm. anything with Crichton about you know enjoying human excess, you know, to excess gluttonous and mm. all the stuff that Rimmer did in Lister's body. I'm glad they didn't sort of have Crichton pigging out on food and enjoying the human experience as much as we got then. Interesting point. Yeah. 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 It could have gone that way. Although that has been explored uh, in uh, Futurama. When, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When Bender became human, that's exactly what happened, is he, he pulled uh, sort of what uh, what Rimmer did. I think Crichton had other urges. <laughs> Crichton's got self-control. Well, not when it comes to his uh, Except when yeah, he's looking catalogs. at... <laughs> Except for Polaroids, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, this episode had a lot of the weird stuff we saw in the opening credits. I think the bulk of it. I did not see uh, the chicken Godzilla, mm-hmm. so that's still ahead. But as far as the transmogrification, the RoboCop, um, monster exploding, yeah, the pretty pink laser <laughs> beam, yeah, it, yeah. it covered a lot. That was always a game as a Red Dwarf as a kid. Like the that's been game. Has that been? No, that hasn't been. Like when the credits are all. So it's a good game to play, Red Dwarf. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I remember from. Um, the last season, uh, um, I think was it the last day. Um, I was listening. I was listening to the last day podcast last night, um, and Angela's Angela said, "Oh, that's the only bit of the sorry bad impression of you." I can't <laughs> that's exactly you. what you sound like, by the way. Like, Shut up, Pete. Um, that's the only bit we yeah. ever And I think in each series, yeah. there's one clip that's actually not in the episode proper. It's either from a deleted scene or it's like an alternate angle, like a studio camera <gasps> set up. So oh. like in series three, if you remember, there was that shot from series two of them dropping the um, graveyard, the gravestone. It was on the, it's in the series mm-hmm. three titles, but it's a series two. And there's something in series four that's, I can't remember. It's not a spoiler, but it's just a shot of rim or something that's not actually in a, any episode. It's him pulling a face, but yeah, I think I need huh. each one. There's, I think maybe at least those two series. Anyway, there's, there's a few, there's one clip that's not actually in the series. 
Cool. <laughs> and it's on a postcard. So did Crichton is Crichton wearing a, a cat well, outfit? The um the idea is um from a production point of view, he was supposed to be wearing an amalgamation of the fashions he's noticed from his crewmates. Oh, so okay. it was a bit rimmer, a bit lister, and a bit cat. That makes sense. That totally makes I I didn't that didn't really mm. come across for me. I just assumed that he had borrowed something yeah. from Cat, but yeah, that's I can see some I, of the leather from Lister. I can't really work out what was Rimmer. I don't know, but I like it. I'll have to look at his uniform again. <laughs> Is that so, yeah, Robert Llewellyn's uh, real hair? Um, yeah. Yeah. That's very unfortunate. I don't think, I don't think well, it's his real hair, but I don't think he sticks it up like that with that much wax or whatever was in it. So, okay. Yeah, I can't remember. If, well, we saw him. What was his hair like when we saw him as the head of the diva doid or whatever it was? Yeah. It was yeah. Okay, maybe it's his hair then. Yeah, he had that hair, and I thought just assumed that he was going to start talking about <laughs> aliens. Mm-hmm. It's not like that now. I've, I've seen a recent <laughs> picture of him. Yeah, he's... No, it's not I'm not saying that it? aliens built the pyramids. I'm saying that aliens <laughs> built the pyramids. Is that Daniel Jackson? Aliens. That? Oh, no, I'm, it's, it's a meme. Oh. Uh, on the, there's a show on the History Channel called oh, Ancient right. Aliens, and uh, this uh, Giorgio Sulacos, I think his name is, he's like the one scientist who's completely freaking convinced that aliens built the pyramids, founded humanity, everything that we, everything is, is aliens. And so you, you'll get a lot of uh, memes of him. <laughs> Everyone saying, needs a hobby. Know, yeah. Like, I don't know, therefore <laughs> aliens. Is that, that's Rimmer. <laughs> that's Rimmer. <laughs> yeah. True. Exactly. Yeah. Oh my goodness. He is totally Rimmer. <laughs> the Quagars. <laughs> We didn't, pay, right. we didn't build uh, the pyramids. Who did? We <laughs> got. Uh, so back to the episode then. Yeah, um, Crichton. He he's he's not handling things well. He you know starts insulting uh, androids, <laughs> and, and I guess he thinks that's what humans do: is sit around and look down on androids. Well, it's, if it's he's learned from his crewmates, then yeah. Yeah, but not uh, not Lister mm. though. I mean, Rimmer, sure, but Lister, I think, has always tried to treat him as much of an equal as possible and tried to see him as sort of a comrade in arms. We're talking about thousands of years of him dealing with humans who mostly treat him as an object and or second-class citizen. So, you know, that could be a reflection of his experience. Speaking of thousands of years, Sparehead (laughs) 3... Says he may be thirty thousand years old. Yeah, just, mm. I have no idea how that can fit in any possible <laughs> timeline that has been presented thus far. Oh, no. Go on. Then. I w- right, best I would not. That's the easy answer. If you just yeah, you don't trust Sparehead Three, but no, I- I'm just saying I wouldn't trust any timeline about Red Dwarf ever. Yeah, ever because the con. Okay. Continuity in this whole TV show is on its arse. Mm. <laughs> I, wonder, I wonder if this is going to come up, actually, because I don't know if anyone actually... That's what Crichton <laughs> said. Oh, dear. Yeah, I know they've this changed... Double kill podcast, but Lister, in one point, says... Um, <laughs> I don't know if anyone picked it up. I was wondering if anyone's got on their notes or anything, but Lister, at one point, says, after Kachansky finished with me, he felt really pony. Uh, and I don't yeah. know if anyone noticed that. Probably should have left it, but <laughs> um, 
You know, I did. <laughs> I was trying to remember that. Um... <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was fo- let's focus on the actual. Yeah, but there's. You know what? I, I've always thought of it as just the slang as. Yeah, yeah. Is, no, no, no. I'm, I mean, the is, fact that he, he's talking about Kachansky, though. But oh. literally, <laughs> yeah. literally so, now, I was laughing, but he's like, is it to be No, but yeah, but he said Kachansky broke up with him after Kachansky finished. Yeah, but yeah, in, in, in the original in the original timeline, if best as I can remember, boy, that seems so long ago now, it's like he had always had a thing mm. for J- Kachansky, but had never gone yeah. for it, right? Uh, it's not... Like they said, yeah. continue... Mm. Con- the, Continuity. It's, very, continuity. it's a dangerous word to get. Oh, yes, it is. <laughs> yes, and always be careful when abbreviating association <laughs> and assistant manager. So, <laughs> but is yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay, so I'm a I'm a graduate graduate <laughs> teaching assistant, and according to Facebook, my job is a Grand Theft Auto at Auburn University. I had to change that. I noticed it when they did the Facebook update. Nice. <laughs> but yeah, there's this. Are you I'm not sure it? what that job entails, but there's I a, want that job. I don't want to spoil. Uh, there's obviously no spoilers in this podcast, but there's a slight retcon with this series. A retcon, oh, well. retroactive okay. continuity. Is it the, um... Retroactive. Well, yeah, okay. that's when they go back and fix, uh, change the established history to fit a current plot. Is it um, that Lister now comes from the 23rd century instead it's, of the? It's 21st? not one individual detail. It's just don't really cling to anything you've learned so far <laughs> um yeah it's just, okay. it's just the background details obviously um Crichton the point about Crichton though is Crichton is from a different time in Riminister anyway Riminister from an earlier time they got on Red Dwarf Red Dwarf went sailing off the Nova 5 might, might have been launched well I mean that's 200 that's years true, later but I thought it was like or longer I assumed that Crichton was from a couple thousand mm. years ahead of, of Lister and Rimmer. Um, it doesn't make sense that... I mean, they're three million yeah. years yeah. away Maybe from he... Earth. I've never understood what Crichton ship was doing three million years away from Earth. Uh, and if he's 30,000 years old, mm. well, then... I mean, that would mean that he started out 2,999... <laughs> it could just be that, yeah, was, yeah, when, anyway, that was when Spearhead three, 3 three was first activated on the Nova 5, or... <gasps> Something like that. Yeah. But it was first needed because Crichton's first head was in for repair after being on for so long. There we go. It's always the ways around it. Yeah. Always the okay. around it. Different ages mm. for the heads. That could very well fix this. Thank you. All right. Crichton I'm going to cling on, to that. Spearhead 1 and 2 have been doing for 3 million years and they're getting a bit rusty, so they had to be serviced. And then they realized, yeah, Spearhead yes. 3 had gone a bit crazy. We learned from Hudson that um, robots left on their own for 3 million years go a bit crazy, but at least it wasn't psycho. Well, I mean, originally that is what they said about Holly. Yeah. Holly is, yeah, that his Holly, had, <laughs> he at that time had been alone all that time and thinks he had gone a bit mm. daffy. But um, so, yeah, that's, that's, maybe that's the, the they won't rise against us. Just leave them alone for a bit and they become more comical. <laughs> also, and we learned Lister's great shame. <laughs> <laughs> that's still poor, Angela. It's awesome. She's supposed to be a Dalek. Anyway, go ahead, Heath. <laughs> Lister's great shame is that he went into a wine bar. Don't bandy that about. It's keeping it under wraps. She's shameful of it. Yeah. That's funny. So, we get a Vindaloo Beast. <laughs> <laughs> and did anyone, anyone, when they saw it, think. Were, were you doing an impression of the Vindaloo Beast, or is that just one of the noises that you make? <laughs> the Vindaloo Beast. <laughs> 
Oh, okay. Good. I wasn't sure whether to edit it out or not, you know. (laughs) (laughs) You're mean, you two. You're very mean. What? I'm not mean. We're awesome. (laughs) Yeah, terrifying monster, though. A lot of the creatures on this show, um, both the Vindaloo Beast, uh, the uh, um, the shapeshifter thingy, Polymorph. Yes, thank you. Polymorph. Um, the, the creature effects and whatnot remind me of kind of like the Giver movies. <laughs> like sort of Japanese movie monsters from the 80s. Or Power Rangers monsters. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's an instant. That... Yeah, the I'm not sort sure of if that's a matter of, of inspiration or just switching. similar budgets. Well, I think, but, yeah. I don't know, they actually referenced to Polymorph, didn't they? And I don't know if they thought this look mm-hmm. this beast looks similar. Let's you know. I don't know if the episode was supposed to be a direct sequel or, but yeah, I thought mm-hmm. it was this weird line when they said, "Remember the polymorph?" I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> good." Mm-hmm. Yeah, see continuity. Yes, they do it sometimes. Also, Rimmer's a hologram. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why. I mean, I know it's we can say it's instinct or whatever, but all these <laughs> monsters that are around, they can't hurt yeah. him. But also, he can't do anything. It, so the, the, he could... it doesn't. Yeah, he can't do much to help. But he could distract the monster. But okay, I get the. But still, it doesn't make sense. At some point, he's going to have to embrace his hologramness and realize that being invulnerable or intangible has its advantages. Mm-hmm. And it's a really, really smelly curry. <laughs> Such a bad curry. Even holograms are at risk. <laughs> they fade out. <laughs> uh, Paul. But- yeah, you still there? Okay, good. I just put my microphone on mute. Oh, gotcha. Oh, okay. Yeah, that, that there was a, a weird. <laughs> We're used to the noise. <laughs> yes, we are. Um. Anyway, so action sequence. Yes, lots of running. You know, to be fair, they're action sequences. I mean, they're of course, I guess, meant to be sort of funny mm. and cheesy, but they do a nice. I job remember with as those. a kid being really disappointed the bazookoids didn't make the same effect as polymorph. You know, the, the, yeah, the giant. What's obviously, it's a special effect they couldn't afford, but um, yeah. Well, we will say, in, in order in order to justify them, that they realized that having a exploding projectile <laughs> that sought body heat was a stupid, <laughs> stupid idea for anybody yeah. that produces body heat, and uh, changed the settings. Yeah, yeah. Or it's a yeah, lower power shot or a higher power shot, or the difference between a shotgun and a and a handgun. I don't know. I'm used to phasers. You know, they can be massive planet taking down things, or they can be tiny hand things. So, I guess I can de- I can deal with it. Yeah. Um. Then Lister decides to bravely <laughs> volunteer to be changed into a superhuman. So, so which yes. involves shrinking him to two and a half feet tall and putting half of RoboCop's <laughs> armor on. Well, yeah, him. it was. Changed into the teeniest, tiniest little Robocop ever. <laughs> this is filmed at the time Robocop was massive. I think it was like the first movie was just out, so. Mm. I, I figured that had <laughs> to be the case. And his little, little run. <laughs> <laughs> Good old green screen. Mm hmm. And not only does it reference RoboCop, but I think uh, destroying the beast was a nice yes. Jaws oh, you, reference. You, oh, you yeah. did pick that up because even I said I just watched the commentary on the DVD. Even the cast didn't pick that up <laughs> when, they were wa- when they were watching. <laughs> oh it. yeah, I, I'm surprised that he didn't say "Smile, <laughs> you son of a." And for those wondering about the shot, there is a deleted scenes of him missing a couple of times before he went straight to shooting it. So they just cut oh, it yeah. for time. 
he's not that good a shot. Ah. <laughs> and then it ended really, really yeah, that's what abruptly. I this would be the issue. Yeah, it felt like okay, we're out of time. We've got more script, but mm. we're out of time. You kind of know what's going to happen then. So Crichton's still a yeah. robot. Lister is still Robocop. <laughs> And Tiny but you know what's going to happen though <laughs> signal their intentions I don't think we needed to see them change back I mean, is there much comedy in that? sure I guess are we going to get as a scene of Crichton going but, oh, well, I mean, but are we sure that Crichton was going to change back? was that yeah, really said, established? You know, just before the I am what I am speech mm-hmm. so, yeah, I guess are we going to get as a scene of Crichton going oh I'm, no, I'm back to being me again thank you sir for convincing me and... <laughs> I'm glad to have my <laughs> bolts back it's gonna be yeah. no, I can't think of a really comedic end, but yeah, I guess you know we're just used to sort of the the. Uh, I learned Star Trek. something Let's today, you guys. On, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What? I learned out. Sometimes we all want to think there are things that we want to change about ourselves, but sometimes yeah. those things are exactly what the make us who we are. <laughs> <laughs> no, that would be a high five. Let's insult Bulk and Skull, kick them in the nuts, <laughs> and laugh. <laughs> Because we're heroes. Yeah, they should have all just, yeah, Crichton came back, but he was didn't quite have his, well, he had his groin attachment or something. They all pointed and laughed, and then they freeze frame like police squad. <laughs> mm. oh, so that was the episode. Good times. <laughs> um, Let's see. What do we do next? <laughs> rate it? Uh, I think we do rating. And then add, okay. and then feedback. Come back, come back soon, Shane. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. But, uh, no, I mean, uh, you, I told you what I've been doing for the last few days. It's <laughs> it's crazy. My, uh, yeah. We still miss Shane. Anyway. The synapses um, are not firing. <laughs> yes, the, the synapses are, are broken and shattered into tiny pieces. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll go ahead and rate the episode. Well, Paul II, since you are our guest, you get to rate first. <laughs> I'm so glad I went first, because I'm going to steal the rating system I think everyone's going to want. But I, um, Series 4 is one of my favourite series seasons, um, whichever. I will hang you up off this phone call if you steal I my know, rating system. I know what it's going to be. <laughs> oh, wait. Okay, I have one more go point. On. No, on. I'm so sorry. It just, uh, I just first. saw I'll it I'll go here. backwards. Okay, go on. How does Cat know about the Louvre? They watches a lot of TV. They uh, didn't have much to do, did they? They watched a lot of TV, I think. <laughs> yeah, that seems a bit out of place. <laughs> it makes absolutely no sense that a mutated, uh, evolved cat three million w- years away from Earth references the Louvre in casual also, conversation. They have access to okay. computers and, well, well, access to Holly, so they probably could have... Oh, no, were they further in Red Dwarf's hold that Holly couldn't detect them? I don't know. But I think <laughs> from one of the novels, and this is, I think you can start reading one, the first novel now because it is out by about now. I think the reason I mentioned the retcon is they changed some details for the novel and kept them that way. But, um, uh-huh. yeah, I think uh, they, the cats are in the hold and they are watching old TV shows and that's why they speak like that as well because they just sort of picked up their accents from like wild TV shows and that. Oh, okay. that's not a spoiler. Promise. <laughs> so, cat, cat did nothing then but watch Good Times, and then. Okay. 
Well, all right. So I know that was a stupid no. point to make. I just didn't want to forget. So please continue with stealing Paul's rating system. <laughs> oh, this might be, if this is the last of me in the podcast, then then I'll say goodbye now. But uh, yeah, um, it's a really, uh, I like this episode. I do. It's not my favorite of the series, but it's not, you know, I think all the episodes in this series are actually really good. It's my favorite series, but um, yeah, I think I'd give it, Ooh, here we go then. Ready everyone? <laughs> I'd give it um, eight double Polaroids out of 10. Nice. Paul hasn't Aww. got angry. Paul, was that your rating system? Oh, have we lost Paul? So, Heath and Angela, um, <laughs> how do you think the show Aww. is going so far? <laughs> Took him that long. I mean, the guest we had, he, he was all right, and then we got to the rating system, and that, that was just terrible. <sighs> um, well, we'll see you... as a... Um, he nicked my rating. He who may not be named, but has my name. I will rate it. I love this episode, so I'm going to give it nine and a half nipple nuts out of ten. Nice. Love. What do you think? Oh, fine. I'll go next. Um, it was it was good. Um, I was kind of disappointed that it started in on Cat, and then it sort of left cat altogether to focus again on Crichton <laughs> again for the third episode in a row. Um, but you know, it was still a hoot. So I'm going to give it a seven and a half. I think a seven and a half out of 10 um, chunks on Robocop finally explained <laughs> to go really abstract. <laughs> Okay. Boy, I guess I need a rating system then. <laughs> yes, um, you do. Oh, I still want to hear your spare head three accent, to be honest, but carry on. Oh, good. I, I, I couldn't even give it a try. <laughs> uh, let's see. I liked this episode a lot. Um, you know, for an episode, though, that explored Crichton's character, I was hoping for a little bit more than we got from that aspect of it. I mean, they got some good humor in with the Polaroids. They got uh, a little bit. I just, I felt like... It was. It felt rushed, I guess, and and I didn't get quite as much character interaction as I wanted. Like Lister was the only one that seemed to to be getting what um, Crichton was going through, and that was. It's like there was five minutes of that, and then the rest of the episode was you know plot and gags, and it, it was funny. But it. So I'm gonna write it maybe a little lower than uh, than one might think. I'm, I'm going to give it seven. Uh, mysterious human corpses with dog heads attached out of ten. Speaking of those, really reminded me of uh, John Carpenter's hmm. The Thing. Mm-hmm. Which we've watched recently. So. Yeah. I was trying to work out if yeah, Rimmer's character development was just that he was so obsessed with the machine he couldn't be bothered to care about Crichton. And also he lost his helper. Mm-hmm. He should be more should have been more upset, I suppose, that he lost the you know, his someone to order around. Maybe Crichton would still do that. How true. Well, that is what we thought. Uh, tell us what you think about us, about the show, about, you know, life, the universe, and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you can email us at the Red Dwarf Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can uh, Facebook us. We're at the uh, the Red Dwarf IntroCast on the Facebooks. We've got like 64 members now. That's a lot of members. So join and, you know, have funny conversations. There's a lot of cool stuff happening there. Uh, keep it spoiler-free uh, on that site but we do have a spoiler site which i don't actually know um the 
name <laughs> of because I can't be a part of the spoiler yeah. site. The name of and the Facebook group is the Red Dwarf Angel Cast Spoilers Group. Well, there you go. Yep. So join that if you're uh, a Red Dwarf veteran uh, and not a newbie like us. And uh, I'm sure they have lots of members too. Probably not 64 yet, mm. but they're probably rocking over there. Um, we're up to 23. Nice. There you go. 23. <laughs> it's a good number. It's Michael Jordan's number. Um, <laughs> I do a follow basketball. <laughs> Neither, Neither do does he. <laughs> you are referencing Michael Jordan's in your blood. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I hope not. He's referencing <laughs> somebody who hasn't played basketball in decades. Very negative comments um, about uh, guest stars. Just leave them. Keep them. I don't want them. <laughs> right. Oh, and you can also Twitter at us at. Oh, twitter.com slash red dwarf intro. Yay! Sorry. <laughs> so that's that's what you can do. Uh, well, now we're going to give a little shout out of our own uh, to one of our fellow podcasters that uh, that we think is pretty cool. Let's listen to this ad. The myths of a thousand worlds tell of a time when darkness enveloped the galaxy, an age before the coming of the fifth race. Tales and legends of gods that could crush worlds but with a gesture, and vast armies to enslave the free peoples of our realms. Armies whose existence spanned hundreds of generations, yet long gone. And we ask ourselves, what if these myths have a kernel of truth? One thing is known, those who now claim to be descended from the fifth race are not eager to look back into the darkness, but events have conspired against them, as long lost worlds outside of the gate systems have been discovered. The first artifacts and data have been studied, and now is the time for the true story to be told. These are the people of the fifth race, before they became saviors of the galaxy. Watch, listen, and comprehend. Then spread the lessons we learn from the people of the Earth and its Stargate command. Engage the translation matrix. Matrix ready. Input search phrase. Gatecast, a Stargate podcast. Gatecast implemented. Translation and interpretation engaged for Stargate archives. Audio format. Enhance, please. Gatecast additional data located. Gatecast.co.uk also, under the heading Facebook, Google+, Twitter, and iTunes. Gatecast. By fans, for fans. Stargate forever. And we're back, and it's time to look at a little bit of feedback, and then we will lay some quotes on you. Uh, so, starting with Ewan Ancorn, he says, What's this? What's this? Once. Oh, wait. No, that's, that's Jack Skellington. He says, What's this? Another Crichton episode? DNA is an excellent episode combining a great sci fi plot of the DNA ship <laughs> with the Kamadu that comes from Crichton becoming human. Kamadu, that must be a British thing. I don't know. <laughs> Plus, we get to see Ro- a Robocop Lister and what happens when crossbreed mutton vindaloo and human DNA. Yep. Good to know. You know, it is good to know. You, you, you need to know these things what happens when you crossbreed mutton vindaloo and human DNA. Uh, let's see, this Paul, Paul York Paul guy here. Guy. Paul, you want to read that? <laughs> <laughs> it says, Devil Polaroid, LOL. Don't matter now. It's oh. lost all its fun. Uh, Damn yourself. Russ loves the RoboCop suit. I'll read Don't Sam's. Don't we all love the RoboCop suit? Sam says, it's my favorite episode. Crichton's Panic Circuits... Square head three. Spare head three. Sorry, my P's and Q's. Well, it is kind of square, too, but yeah. I should mind my P's and Q's. Anyway, double Polaroids, <laughs> a psychopathic curry man, and Lister being turned into a short superhuman, a chicken, 
and a hamster just worked well with more character exploration of Crichton to create a great episode. I agree, Sam. Ewan agrees with uh, Paul the Second here that Sparehead yeah, 3 is We've got a great minds, great minds think alike. Who's Charlie Booker? Oh, he's a twat. I hate that. I hate <laughs> I hate I, I want to punch him in the face. I, he's I uh, yeah, so he's who's a, Charlie a, Brooker? A TV critic, a very um, sort of fierce TV. Wow, he's he's funny. Twatty. He's a. F- <laughs> he's, he's, he's a oh, okay. He's my language. <laughs> oh. So wait, so he's he's sort of like a a TV review version yeah, of Simon Cowell, yeah, but in a kind of more comedic, funny way, and kind of just being nasty for nasty's sake. But he's also kind of funny. Yeah. Oh, R- yeah. Ricky Gervais. Yeah. Okay. He's like Ricky he's, Gervais, but worse. I can't stand <laughs> him either. Do you only think? Do you only think? Do you only think that makes Ricky Gervais funny is Carl Pilkington? Yeah, Carl Pilkington's just a character. That's it. I don't care. He's funny. Charlie <laughs> Brooker is not. I have a yeah, new new Firefly, and he's called <laughs> Charlie Brooker. I like him. Anyways, I think he's funny. He does a review of the year as well. Like he goes for all the news uh, channels and how they just completely hype up stories and ignore others. And and yeah, it's it's quite political sometimes as well. But uh, yeah, I think he's funny. I think you'd like him. Uh. Shocker. Okay. Well, anyway, I, I guess we need to say what we're... Yeah, Nick Quinn says, I was going to suggest a snarky spoof review show, but then realized <laughs> Charlie Brooker's career, he is basically yeah. Charlie Brooker. So, there we go. Okay, well, thank you all for the feedback. Um, now, it is time for the <laughs> quotiness. What? Uh, Paul 2, you are our... <laughs> keep oh, calling you uh, that. What would be F1, <laughs> number Paul, two. Uh, Of course, number two has its own connotations I don't want to be associated with. <laughs> It does, yeah. Paul like number on, two. Yeah. Yes, I think we'll go with that one. <laughs> hey, sweetie, technically speaking, on um, the Enterprise, Riker was number one. Who was Data. next in Data, command yeah. after him? Data. 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 So Picard totally should have called Data number two all the time. What's that make Wesley number four thousand seven hundred eighty-two? Captain, I have asked you not to call me that. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Wesley. Um, right. So, Paul II, if you would start us out oh, well, with the quotes. I'll leave a certain quote uh, to Paul and maybe, well, oh, I was going to go for it slightly after that. And it says, like, what do you think about it? It's like, I'm not quite, hit, I'm not quite, I don't know what I'm supposed to say here. Quite, I don't know. I'm quite, quite with you here. I'm not good at this quoting by the sound of it. <laughs> I want to know, is it normal? What, taking photographs of it and showing it to your mates? No, it's not. <laughs> Didn't do it very well. Sorry. Nice. <laughs> Uh, let's see. I've got... The question is, can we change him back? The question is, <laughs> do we want to? <laughs> I, I like this one. We want... We don't want him. Go away. You took him. You can keep the snagger. I think the, uh, the speaker effect really added nice. to that one as well. Uh-huh. So, Heath, it's just you and me now, yeah? Just you and me. We don't, we don't need the rest of the people on this podcast. That was your quote as well. Wait, what? Are you completely out of quote? You you said you didn't have any quotes. I know, but then I found one, and then I'm oh, like taking it straight away. I was like, was... "I'll use this one." No, seriously, come. that was my one quote. That was the one quote <laughs> I wrote down. Okay, fine. Are you are you still looking? Yeah, but knowing my luck, I'll still be looking, and then <laughs> someone else will swipe it I'll, away. I'll quickly say another one then to really annoy him. Um, you you've seen the size of an egg. You've seen the size of a chicken's bum. 
I was trying to say in chicken talk, for God's sake, get me an epidural. <laughs> <laughs> I've got another one, but I'm going to wait for... Okay. Um, you're totally egocentric. You flee at the first sign of danger. You look after. You only look after number one. You're vain. You're selfish. You're narcissistic. And you're self-obsessed. <laughs> you just listed all my best features. Oh, can yeah. I, I sh- yeah. Nice. Can I go over Holly quote? Because I really wanted to boost Holly's part. <laughs> Yay. I have. Yeah, right. yeah, go, go um, ahead. Yeah, I, I know what I did last time. It's a mistake any deranged, half witted computer could have made. It's not the funniest that I wanted to mention, Holly. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I had uh, a man made a dandruff. It'll never work. The first time you take a shower with medicated shampoo, <laughs> you'll disappear. <laughs> ah, boiled chicken ovulation. <laughs> Scrumptious. It's not, yeah, it's not really, not ah, really a quote, but a chew. Yeah. <laughs> it took, took me a while to realise what was happening, and then just as the audience dawned on it, it was funny. Yeah. Oh, Gosh, now there would be Margaret. an episode. Oh, I'm going to do a quote. Sorry, Of course, Margaret, the only thing that can kill the Ridley Lou. How can the same smeg happen to the same guy twice? Channeling <laughs> Die Hard there. Yeah. No, I was trying to think of an episode that would involve a Rimmer cat hybrid. <laughs> kind of body swap, wasn't it? It would be amazing. Of body swap, I suppose. But... <laughs> oh, sort of a sort of a two vix. So that making the uh-huh. rat. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Or <laughs> camer. Any other combinations? <laughs> no, that's it. All right. Uh, any other uh, quotes? No. <laughs> going once? No. Going twice? All right. I guess that is it for this one, then. Thank you all for listening. Uh, Paul II, thank, thank you, you for, for having stopping me. Guest by. <laughs> and uh, one more time, where um, can we I listen run a to you? Formula One based podcast at, where it's on the page at www.f1inpubs.co.uk, or you can search F1 in Pubs cast uh, on iTunes. Awesome. Thank you. Lovely. Um, you know, I told Shane when I was talking to Shane one time, and he said, "Yeah, he was about to go uh, watch some F1." And I said, "You know, <laughs> racing, wrestling—it's uh, pretty much the south over there where you live." You know, it's, yeah. I, I would feel very you know at home with track. Um, you know, I, I really don't follow NASCAR myself, <laughs> yeah. but it is—it is big around here. Yeah. NASCAR is just going around in circles in, in an Sometimes they circle, crash. Whereas, yeah, but it's. <laughs> That's kind of like, yeah, like, uh, uh, yeah. You don't have to know NASCAR how to turn left. NASCAR is basically the WWE I mean, on uh, wheels, so I'm surprised Shane doesn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you're just not trying to get into Paul's good Sorry. graces, are you? Uh, I hate F1 is. now. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> like it. This year it's been great, actually. <laughs> this is the year, well, it's too late now, but this was the year to watch. But anyway, yeah, back to the dwarf. Yeah. Yeah, back to Red Dwarf. Um, yeah, yeah. Actually, we're we're about to cut out. Yeah. So, uh, thanks for listening. We will be back next week. Hey, uh, Paul, do you happen to have the name of the next episode that we shall be watching? I do. Awesome. What's that? It's called Justice. Ooh. Justice. Justice. Bow wow. <laughs> that needs like a, a guitar riff every time you. We'll have to get Crichton to do one of the. No, see, I, I'm not going to do that anymore. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, justice. What would justice be about? Uh, oh. Justice Go would ahead. be... No, I'm not going to do that. I'm just <laughs> going to piss off people. 
I was going to make a crack about justice would be, you know, the cast uh, looking at the camera and apologizing for backwards. But <laughs> no. hey, you know what? I, seriously, awesome. though, wasn't what, what my episode. Other folks like it. It's cool. It's actually whatever. Yeah, just a, a 30 um, minute just on Holly just for 30 minutes to make up for all the time she's missed. Yes. 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 That's yes. actually a great theory. <laughs> justice. No, I would still totally watch it because I like Holly. I like both Hollies. Um, no, in all seriousness, I think Justice is going to be about, because a lot of people have been mentioning that um, the uh, rule book or whatever for their mining corporation <gasps> is going to be a bigger thing. Right. So I think one of them is going to break the rules so badly that they have to hold some sort of court. and like. And it's going to be awesome because Cat is going to wear one of those wigs and he's going to glam it up. And I get to be the judge. All right. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to judge a little fishy. <laughs> awesome. I found you guilty of looking awful in that suit. <laughs> yep, I'm sticking. Sorry, that, that I don't want to have any if Cat had crossed with Mr. T. <laughs> okay. Well. So I actually don't have a guess that's better than that. So I'm just going to say yep and and say that Angela's probably exactly right. Uh, and we will see you next Bye. week. Bye. Bye. Hey, folks, this is uh, Future Heath here. I'm doing my editing. And I thought you might get a kick out of uh, this bit of a smeg up. You will see what happens when I try to start off a show after some crazy exam time and uh, utter madness. So enjoy this little gem. And we should be good. Yeah, we're good. I hope yep. so. Yep, I've got something coming All through. Right. Cool. Awesome. Good luck editing. All right, give it a couple seconds silence for the lead-in, and I'll get us started. Hello again, and welcome to the Red Dwarf Intro Podcast. Wait, is that what we're called? Red Dwarf Intro yeah. Cast. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> intro Cast. <laughs> Hang on one second. So Let, let's like try that again. Radio DJ. Hey! <laughs> hey, there. hey, cats You're and kittens! To the Red Wolf intro cast. Coming at you from the gonna... darkness of space, it's the Red Dwarf Podcast. Are you going to have a snake okay. tape of your own? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Long, uh, long week, man. I had a good night's sleep, but I'm still not quite recovered. <laughs> All right, let's try this again.